Hello, Character Arc listeners. Welcome to the Character Arc Podcast, where each week we watch a movie. We're going to discuss that movie, tell you some things that we like, some things we didn't like. So let's just roll right into it. My name is Richard Bertelson. <laughs> and I'm Ted Hong. And this week we watched Parasite. Is it okay we do? Let's start with the synopses. Synopses. I'll go first. Okay. Husband pleasures his wife like a middle schooler. Here's my thing. She has the decency to go into his pants. Mm-hmm. He but never... He, he ne- <laughs> oh, he, he's on top, right? <laughs> you know where it is. <laughs> what a great line. She goes way too far down, too. Does she? Like, her fist is, like, punching through the bottom of his pants. <laughs> There's a shot where she's like, wait a minute. Either his dick is unreasonably long... <laughs> And she's just grabbing the end of it. <laughs> and they're just like watching for him to like peek out of the tent. Is they he, are uh, also uh, just watching their son sleep in the yard. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, here we go. So I got one where, uh, just took one where man drinks plum extract and goes on killing spree. <laughs> yep. That uh, definitely happens. Another one was a Kim party of four dining at Park's table. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, uh, Richard, what was your impression of this movie? I like this movie a lot. I was thoroughly entertained by it the whole way, in different ways as the movie went on. At first, it's a pleasant, if fairly straightforward comedy. And yeah. then eventually, which I was, here's what I'll say I, I, I love the movie a lot. I think it's really great. It's actually, it's actually less weird than I expected. Even though... What kind of weird were you expecting? I was expecting it to be a little more abstract, but it's not. It's actually a pretty straightforward plot. Right. The, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. You thought it was going to be a little more like art house or a little more... Um, yeah, but no, like you could totally watch the beginning of this movie and it could just be a... It could just be a... TV show. Weird comedy thing yeah. and you could watch the end and it could be... Not really suspense, but a drama. But I, I guess I expected it to be a little... Cr- a little more violent or a little more creepy at times. And it actually keeps a pretty solid tone of being kind of light. And then suddenly it's it's more dramatic. But I would never say it veers into horror. Right. I, I do like that they balance the the drama with the humor through character, re- character reveal. Um, because it's like the things that the characters did were not funny if you were in the situation like nobody oh, no. thought dad's being dead you know no no it was just a normal thing but for us on the outside watching it was pretty funny like the yeah. whole wi-fi thing um it was very natural fume- yeah yeah exactly it in makes that- sense in their realm and yeah it's just like a perfect blend um, it, it kind of made you know kind of made that family likable because i will argue they're fucking terrible they are i'm talking about the family that the, the poor family which yeah, yeah. i think we're supposed to be on their side we'll get into that later but no, yeah, that whole that whole introduction of them in their house, like you're talking about the Wi-Fi thing and stuff like yeah. that, and their little mm-hmm. interplay, it feels like good. Solid everyone family. obviously loves each other, but they also yeah. the siblings rib each other, and the parents are nerd are like not nerdy, but like 
dorks to their kids a little bit, you know, like right, the, right. a normal family dynamic. And yeah. we see clearly that they're, you know, they're not well off, mm-hmm. which gets us right into the... I do appreciate how this movie never feels like it slows down that much. It's two hours long. Yep. But even when it's not a killing spree, it is still... It still is constantly moving forward and presenting new things. Because after we meet them, we almost immediately go into the big grift. Yeah. And in each step, we learn something new. Because like even when we first meet the parents, uh, we don't really know too much about the way they see things. Just a couple of lines, right? But like the dad, for example, was really not all too much in the beginning. And then when we get to where he starts playing a role... Then we start realizing how he operates and how he sees the world. But yeah, it was just a it was a good way to give enough of the details for us to be to answer some basic questions and then continue on and like deepen the character. Yeah, because we learn as we go. Because I mean, <clears throat> the you know the general plot is that you know once we meet them, then uh, the Kevin gets an opportunity from a friend of his. His friend t- uh, tutors a wealthy girl in, in English. And so he gets the opportunity as his friend goes off abroad. I don't think we know exactly where, but it doesn't matter. No, yeah, and, uh, to specify. <laughs> he has Kevin go and become the tutor, which means this, you know, kid from this underprivileged, you know, teenager or whatever gets the opportunity. He's not a teenager. He's probably like 20, 21, right? He says he was in the military. So he goes and interviews to be the tutor. And that's when we meet the family. It does this cool thing where we... I feel like we deepen how much we know about Kevin's family at the same time as it introduces and characterizes the Park family, the wealthy family that they're they're scheming, because that's what ends up happening is that Kevin essentially sees, oh, there's an opportunity here for me to essentially, in its basic form, right. get all of their hired help fired and grift my family into those sure. roles so that we are their... With them not knowing that they're all related, so that they give us all of their money to mm-hmm. our family solely. Right. Um, so they end up going through all these devious plans. But then we meet the mother, we meet the maid, we meet the dad, we meet the Mr. Park, the da- that dad. And each time we meet a new member of that family, we learn more about our main family, too, which is a cool and efficient way because we're already into Ocean's Eleven style scheming. Right. As we're doing the characterization, which helps it move forward faster. Yeah. Um, One already gets the impression that that scheme is not sustainable. Right? Oh, hell no. Like, and he's and he's got this whole idea of, like, uh, I don't know, fantasizing about a future mm-hmm. with them. That's not going to happen. But Although, even he, he admits to it. He's like, I mean, I guess since we're daydreaming. He seems to put himself in other people. And even in that moment, he's putting himself in his friend's shoe because he repeats the exact line that his friend gives. And I think that's just who he is. I think he's on the grift because on the scheming because he just he does kind of just want a better life. I think but I think he knows. Yeah. No, yeah. It's, it's not really it's a that bit of a desperation because his friend outlines his failures. Like he's taken the test four times. He's studied for this. Right. He's done all these things, but still has not had, he hasn't caught a break. So he clearly subscribes to this idea that, you know, if you work hard, you could get somewhere. So, And I mean, I think, I think the movie in a lot of ways is kind of acknowledging that, or at least alluding to the idea that in our real world, people of a certain class, no matter how hard they work, cannot always get somewhere new. I think it is his outlook, but I think that's a, a greater commentary. Right. Um, I think that his sister, though, probably should be a professional. Oh, absolutely. Because the way she walks in, and because she, she becomes the, the, 
the art tutor. Well, that's the that's the initial job offers. The art is an art tutor for their son of the wealthy family. And the way that she just walks in there with that confidence, she's like, "Leave us." And we already know the mom wants to sit in. She had to yeah. sit in on the English t- in the English lesson, and she's like, just this, this confident, like, "No, get out!" Like, yeah. takes on this air of this pretentious art person, and then comes down and is like, "I'm an art therapist," and like, <laughs> starts going into this deep explanation about how her son's all fucked up, and. Which is great because then, like, it's two scenes true. later, she's like, I Googled art therapy and <laughs> <laughs> bitch ate it up. <laughs> Which is very surprising because, like, yeah, she is such a natural at that. And I, I almost want to say that she is the um, the foil a little bit to Kevin. She is. Right? Because she embraces it entirely. And he still, this is where in, he has the realization. In many ways. And I'll yeah. finish your thought first. Um, yeah, he has the realization. He's like, I, I don't belong. But... Where my impression of Jessica, her alias, how do I say this? She just morphs into the role. She does. And she's really good at it. And then there's the scene later when they're all at the house after when the, the wealthy family goes on goes, goes camping. And they're all just kind of drinking in, in the living room and having a good time. And uh, Kevin tells Jessica, you belong here. Like you, when you were up in the tub oh, watching yeah, yeah, TV, that's right. mm-hmm. you looked like you belonged here. And I'll actually this is a this is a deeper like tendril sort of theory on the movie, which is just that he's a little too compassionate right. and like thoughtful. It's that to work his way up out of poverty is unlikely because he'll always see yeah he'll yeah. Whereas she can be more cutthroat mm-hmm. and vicious. Which is not, which that's another thing we can get into a little bit later, but like it never really presents the other family that way, per se, the wealthy family. But there's little hints of their, particularly when they're firing their staff, that they, they it's all business. It's just, it's just what it is. It's yeah, not, you know. I mean, I feel like there's a very Asian thing to it, um, particularly in like Chinese culture. There's a whole like saving face kind of thing. Right. And I mean, obviously people want to be as pleasant as possible. There's like in th- this air of, but ultimately, Grace. they don't actually care what happens to those people when they exactly. fight them. Exactly, yeah, yeah. They don't care if they have a place to live or a job or anything like that. In fact, the only person who actually questions that is the dad of the of Kevin's, is Kevin's dad. Because he does ask. Yeah. yeah. But nobody, like... He's like, oh, yeah, he's the other guy. And I think driver. that makes Kevin wonder, and literally Jessica goes, who cares? Who cares? Care right. about us. This is right. a, We're the ones who matter right now. Care about what we're going to do next. And you get that impression from the Park family as well, that even though it's a little more subtle... Because it never paints them as monsters, these wealthy people, but they clearly don't care what happens to the help when the help walk out the door. In fact, later in the movie, it shows how much of an imposition they can be on their help. Right. Um, but also, just real quick, Jessica, the only one who probably fits in this scenario, this this wealth and opulence, is the only one who's not alive to be envisioned at the end. Yeah. I, I do know. like... Just a note, yeah. perhaps that's significant. <laughs> oh, I think so, too. I think everything in this was deliberate. Like, uh, I had heard that the house was constructed specifically for the movie. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to bring... Like, its levels and stuff? Everything. Makes just sense all of like... it, yeah. Which is great. I think that there's that level of detail that just kind of shows through. There was something that I wanted to say in regards to the Kim family, was that... I mean, with the title of the movie, it's Parasite, right? And th- that's already exemplified in the initial scene, right? They talk about stink bugs. Yeah. And parasites latch onto things, and they're trying to get the Wi-Fi off of someone and the fumigation. 
Oh yeah, they'll kill the bugs for us. Yeah. <laughs> as they all choke. I love that yeah. too because as this, as this as the fumigation fog starts to come in, and the, and the the rest of the family's like, "I told you to shut it," because the dad said no because yeah. it'll get the bugs. Mm-hmm. Everyone else is like choking. The dad is like just oh, still folding just pizza boxes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they made hundreds of pizza boxes now tainted with with insect poison. killer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the whole idea of like you know of the whole parasite thing is making sure that you're okay, but also kind of making sure that the other side, you know, both have to live. They both have to like symbiotically. Right. But it's the idea of when you latch onto something, you don't care. Like if there's another parasite, you don't give a shit about that parasite. Mm -hmm. Right. So you see a lot of that. Like uh, there's a flood thing where the guy's like, Hey, can you help me get my bike out? And all, all Kevin did was point at him and continued walking. Right. Yeah. (laughs) In a clever way that a lot of, films about class don't really do it does seem to show you how the lower class it's cutthroat and yeah. like you don't they're not this unified thing not only in the way that you just mentioned but also i've seen the other major point part of the plot <laughs> which is that we didn't mention we didn't get to a point yet where like once the family gets all once they all once the kim family all gets their jobs and stuff and then the, the park family goes away the one of the one of the one of the help the old housekeeper that they got fired comes back says she needs to get something because she had to leave on such short notice and reveals that her husband lives underneath their house and we even see her actually asking the kims for help she begs them to like she even gives them the money to do it to feed her husband because he's not going to leave which at first it's not clear why and they say they're rather high and mighty about it actually they say no like we're gonna call the cops and stuff well mm-hmm. you know particularly the mom does but that's when as before the housekeeper doesn't know they're they're all there they're scamming them too the same thing right and once that's once that's revealed then it's just whoever can not literally kill but get rid of the other one in whatever way necessary you know she has blackmail they both have blackmail on each other essentially mm-hmm. but it is interesting to me the difference between them, because they're not the same type in their class. You have the Kim family, which wants to move up. The Kim family, in different, each member in a different way, perhaps. Right, right. And to varying degrees, whether it be through hard work or, or only scams or whatever. Mm-hmm. The housekeeper's husband specifically, he, he says he loves living down there. And he respects that man, Mr. Park, so much. Right. And it, I, I mean, I think it's just a, a notion to what exists in the real world which is there are those people who who say you know fuck the power like this stuff's not right like this this inequality is not okay um and there are people who say oh no you know the system works and you know if you just do this it's fine you know don't you love the millionaires because the millionaires they make the world go round and like just two different forms of poverty where right well the thing is i don't think it was i don't think it was that extreme um in the sense of like the uh the basement dweller guy. No, I think it's an allegory for, for <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, these types of yeah. people. For those types. No. Because I don't, I mean, he would, I could, I don't think he definitely would argue that, oh yeah, the system works. He's finding, he's found a way to take advantage of the system where. But see, know, it's beyond out. that though. He doesn't want to leave the basement. Right. He, and he greatly respects the person. I would argue he believes the system works and that the system works because I get to live in this man's basement. Right. That's what I think he's representing. The same way someone's like, oh yeah, I get to, you know, do this wonderful job for real shitty pay because, you know, hey, it basically supports me, I guess. Right. As opposed to wanting like, well, no, 
their quality of life and my quality of life are so incredibly different that this isn't okay. But there are, you know, there are millions of people right here that just think, no, we shouldn't, we shouldn't change this policy or that policy or these things or these things because, right, right. well, also it's partially because someday I'll be that billionaire, even though no, you won't. And also, which because, was that was the case at the end, right? Exactly. It's a, uh... and also just because. Sometimes people are just afraid. Well, I have this now, and I'm afraid if we change too much, I'll have less. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to upset that risk averse kind of approach. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, Can we take a moment and appreciate how creepy that guy was? (laughs) He did really good acting. He moved like a very well. He like a feral creature. (laughs) He moved like a guy who's been locked in In a a basement basement for four years. Yes, he did. Um, because, yeah, as he was moving with the rock, he was, like, bouncing off the walls. But he also ran in a very unnerving it's, it's, kind yeah, of way. Yeah, it is. It's it's perfect because it's me saying feral creature's wrong, like like you said, a man to live in the basement. Because it's not, it's not exaggerated enough to be that. It's it's just so subtly wrong. Right. <laughs> and well, it makes I, you feel, like... Makes sense. It's not that he hasn't come out and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. enjoyed the sunlight as he had also, um, as, he, as we had seen. Um but yeah, there was a the part where he starts like slowly creeping into the the eye, eye eye line of the kid when he's eating cake on the floor. Yeah, and just the eyes are so fucking creepy. <laughs> oh, he did a great he job. Gave that kid a seizure. He's so fucking scary. Uh, <laughs> yes. yes, he did. And the way he ate a banana. I don't, why? I, I, <laughs> just I, I like, don't know. It's not like very slowly sucking it into his mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Speaking of sucking, why was there a baby bottle for him to drink? It's so weird. Why? He's not a child. Like, I mean, just to touch on that real quick, I think the, I think the movie has a lot of subtle hints that things happened. Like I feel like that's something that happened. Like she probably feeds him. His wife feeds him real food whenever she can. But mm-hmm. there's been another time when she can't get down to him, so she just has like this pure like sustenance thing that she can just give him to catch up right just like the movie slowly reveals to you i feel like the kim family runs schemes all the time i think they do little smaller little things yes yeah, small this is, ones this is just to survive yeah, yeah this, this was, is the jackpot yeah them, yeah did you notice that her face was bashed in when she first arrived i did she had a cut on her lip yeah her right eye was swollen it, it looked the, like it had been bruised it was the loan sharks yeah I mean, they mentioned it. I don't know. They didn't really get too much into it. No, not. That was the initial reason why he went into hiding. Maybe they were thrashing her a bit. I think that's a suggestion. The movie has a lot of really subtle but they stuff never, that's yeah, really see, good. The thing is, they don't ever actually... It's like, why Why did your face look like that? Right. Or, I mean, obviously, that's so on the nose. But, like, nothing was ever addressed in that fashion. It's just later when she talks about the predicament they're in, you can, you can put it together. Or you can easily miss it, but it doesn't matter. It's, it's all texture to a... It's a world. It's a very well-fleshed-out world. Right. It feels absolutely. very full and full of history. Like, these these all these people feel like they came from somewhere. When they walk into a scene, you feel like they've been living their day. Yeah. So, you know, as we were talking about the different classes and the different people, um, it's clearly there's a whole vertical... Kind of thing like okay because we were just talking about the basement dweller and he was just out of sight but for the kim family they were in a sub-level apartment i would i don't know if you would classify as that as a basement because right outside their their front door it was just a hall that other people were also living in right um so it just looked like it was sub-level but it was and they have a window was, that comes just above the ground yeah it was a particularly interesting height 
right? Because it's right at a height where you're at ground level where people are just coming over and pissing on you and stuff. You're not quite all the way down, but you're you're pretty much all you're pretty much there. I think I think it speaks to that aspirational thing. Like they can always see upward. Yeah. Like they're not completely buried. Like they can see what's out there mm-hmm. and what's possible. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the people that are up top don't really know what's happening on the lower level, mm-hmm. as we saw with the flood. Right. They lost their homes. But then the next day, these guys are like the park or family. actually What's... even any time they're hiding in the house, they always hide under when <clears throat> when the park family comes back early from their camping trip. Mm-hmm. Every time they hide, they're hiding under a table or a bed or something like that. And literally members of the family are always just looking past them yeah. anyway. Huh. There you yeah. go. There's another. Yeah, there's <laughs> another. Although I would argue there's that one time they were hiding behind a pillar. But yeah, fair enough. what you said stands true. For pretty much every other the scene, vast yeah, everything else because he went into hiding under the bed. They were under the table. Two things in the flood, yeah. The, after the flood, it shows you what essentially what their days are like. So, oh yeah, um, that's yeah, that's, that's where something. I was going. Yeah, yeah. So for the Kim family, the flood happens, and ostensibly their whole life is maybe not ruined, but very, very thrown off track because very they don't have a lot of resources. Their yeah. house is flooded, but they've got to go back to work. It's covered in shit. They end up sleeping the night in a gym, a like gym. a shelter, yeah. mm-hmm. a makeshift shelter, and you know, in a public gym or a school gym. And the Park family on their hill, which of course even the town is designed literally up and down, up and down. Yep. So on their hill, they've got their big beautiful yard. Their camping trip was canceled. That's why they're back from the rain and the flood. But their time is not only not worse; it's actually kind of better because then she, then the mom throws this fucking bitch and party at the last minute needs all of the members of the Kim family to come and participate even when they're reluctant which they don't explain why they're reluctant but it's obviously because their life just got fucked up right but they have no idea the, the park family the park family's immediate response is it's said multiple times i mean i'm I'll paying pay you, you extra right yeah, yeah. like so enjoy it even when the dad seems to have his worst reservations which is after many times of his sort of behind his back sort of him being judged for you know how he smells and whatever mm-hmm. the dad's response is almost the most direct because when the mom does it to the other kim family members for what she's just uh mentioning that she's paying them oh yeah it's a little more subtle but when the dad does it, it's almost directly like no you can humiliate yourself because yeah. i'm doing I'm you a favor right right which the basement dweller guy he always says, he yells respect, right? Mm-hmm. But it's clearly, it's not reciprocated. Exactly, yeah. Right? You, I'm paying you to do this, so you're going to make a fool out of yourself, too. You smell like, what was it, old radishes or something? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and just hearing that little bit, obviously, in confidence. Old and, radishes is what you should bring up right before you... Have sex. Very half-acidly finger your wife. Oh, anyway. God. <laughs> Speaking of old radishes, <laughs> I don't know if this translates over into Korean culture, but I know there's... So there's something like that's usually... You'll say it at, uh, during the Lunar New Year, which is coming up on the 24th this year, guys. Prepare to celebrate. <laughs> um, I know it's also said during birthdays. So there's a proverb that we say when we hand like a red packet, which is usually, you know, it's filled with money. We say something like "ninin yoyu," which is every year there's abundance. But the thing is, the last word also is the same. It sounds the same as rain, hmm. so it's always attributed to rain. And with it being the flood, I thought it was kind of ironic okay. that 
one, it happened on this kid's birthday. Right. Right. Which is something we would also, you know, when we hand the red mm-hmm. packet. Um, and we always hope for abundance for everyone. And that kind of ties into The Rock, but I have a question for you. Because the, the Rock is yeah. said to bring material wealth wealth to your to the right. household. Yeah. Side note, the heaviest rain the night before and you want to have a little party in your yard, fucking yard is going to be soaked but it's okay. <laughs> um, Not to mention the complexity of that. I mean, yeah. the number of people invited. I mean, a lot of, like, you called me up and like, hey, in four hours, I'm having this huge fucking garden party. Anyway. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and that's, and it's so elaborate, but everyone came last minute, right? Because they can. They don't have, I don't know. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point, is that yeah. all of their friends are also carefree and can just drop whatever they need to. Right. The giant disconnect from their lives and then the people that are struggling the before we leave the flood it's the only reason why we really like the kim family to clarify i like the characters in the kim family if i were to like hang out with them i think i'd enjoy their company but what they're doing is objectively morally abhorrent (laughs) well yeah because they're knocking somebody out they're framing someone it's because they get everyone else fired. Taking uh-huh. advantage of the rich people, hey, you may all, everyone may have their own like spectrum of how abhorrent that is or isn't. I mean, it is certainly at the very least dishonest. Right. But especially because they actively ruin like four people's lives or three people's lives to get those jobs. It's shitty. It's right. they're shitty. Um, it would be really hard, I think, at the end of the movie to be on their side, which you kind of have to be during the whole murder thing, mm-hmm. which. It's complex. I mean, they don't just murder everyone, but they're involved in a cross-murder thing. Anyway, right. the point is, I think you would really dislike them if it weren't for right before that. You see that stark contrast between their lifestyles of the Kim and Park family. Right. Because before that, <clears throat> the Park family is shown as rich. Like, the mom is kind of... She just kind of throws money at whatever the issue is. I have something She's to say not, on that. She doesn't seem to be the smartest person in the world. The dad seems to be a capable businessman, although we don't know much about him. He seems to love his son. It's actually like their family is also kind of sweet. And it doesn't paint them as like, you could take a an allegory like this and paint the rich people as just these fucking monsters. But the movie doesn't. They seem like perfectly nice people who don't mean harm on anyone. And it's only in that very end point where, okay, it starts to show you, but... Is it still okay that they live this way? And I don't know that it's not. It's it's a weird thing. It's not very clear. It's not very clear. Like, are we supposed to not like them? Because I do kind of like them. They didn't do anything wrong. They, oh, right. They're just rich. They, right. They're not. They're not even shitty rich people. They're just rich, and that yeah. does mean they're disconnected a little bit. But they're not mean. Like yeah. they're not. I don't think there's like an outright good guy, bad guy. There's just a giant shade of gray. Like the system's fucked up, but the people aren't. I think if you're more aware of it, the system can possibly change. But the thing is, like, they're so disconnected and they have no idea. I do want to bring up a point, and I'm not entirely sure if this is correct. I wish if there could be someone to really correct me on this. But the Chinese translation for their last names, their surnames. So Kim is, at least for Cantonese, uh, we would say it's gum, right? Which is gold or even just metal, I guess, in that case. It brings the idea of wealth, right? Right. Your last name's Gold, for Christ's sake. Right. Um, and then for the Parks, which is, I think, Balk or something. The character, it means either plain or honest. In this case, the mom's kind of... Simple. He's like, oh, yeah, I believe it. Yeah, simple. There you yeah. go. 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's any sort of real connection or reflection on that, but... I mean, it makes sense. And then, so yeah, the guy in the basement breaks free with the goal to seemingly to murder all of the Kim family because he sees them as taking away... See, I think he sees them as taking away his subservient role to these people, which he I mean, his leeching role, obviously, but also I think he also respects... Mr. Park. Mr. Park, which yeah. is also as he kills, as he is killed trying to kill Mama Kim. Uh, <laughs> and Mr. Park has to like move him to get his car keys because his son's having a seizure and needs to drive to the hospital. He like recoils and disgusts it like, hey, it's obviously at like the, the fact that the man is stabbed. Mm-hmm. But you can see on the father, the uh, Kevin's dad's face yeah. that he just sees. Papa Kim. He just sees him, Papa Kim, he just sees him as, like, recoiling in disgust at this person, at right. this, like, lesser person. Like, he's interpreting it wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, the guy's been stabbed. Why wouldn't he, like, hold his nose? Hold it, yeah. But, of course, he's feeling sensitive because they were, he heard overheard them making fun of the way that he smells. Right. So then he stabs the shit out of... Mr. Park. Mr. Park. And then he runs away into the basement, which I like... You don't know that immediately, yeah. but he ends up living in the basement for a couple of years. It is just kind of like a weird denouement where, you know, Jessica died. She was killed in the in the, the murder. Um, Kevin and his mom end up going on trial, getting kind of off a little easy. They're on probation and stuff. And you find out the dad just went back down to the basement and lived like the other guy. For years, which I like because it shows you how that could happen. Mm-hmm. Meaning, because you can be like, how the hell would you get down here and just be and like, oh, actually, the movie kind of takes you around and say, I, I see. But then it goes to what you said, where we end up going into Kevin has kind of this daydream, which the movie presents to you as real at first, which I'm glad it wasn't because it would have been real weird. But then he says he's going to make a lot of money. One day he's going to buy that house. And then all his dad has to do is walk up stairs and then he'll be free. And they'll all live in this beautiful house that they dreamed about before. But then you, he, the movie ends with, but until then, yeah. you know. And I think the movie very much, I think that Kevin believes that it's possible. Mm-hmm. I th- it's hard to tell what the movie actually wants you to believe or not from it. Maybe it's, maybe it's on purpose. It doesn't want to be clear. Yeah. But I think that the movie <clears throat> believes it's not going to happen. Like it is, it is absolutely um, ambiguous. I'm trying to I'm trying to interpret it right now because it really seems on par with. That's just an allegory of of how things are. It's more looking at the structure, the economic class structure yeah. in in a lot of the world, more so than telling you a solution to it or yeah. trying to mm-hmm. parse out a strong opinion on it. Yeah, I guess that's why both families are pretty likable is because. It clearly points out problems that are real problems, but the movie but itself isn't trying to like assign fault yes. to these. Yeah, <clears throat> to the yeah, they're not trying to assign fault to these particular people. At least not right? the individuals who just yeah. happen to exist in mm-hmm. the system. I do love some of the humor, just the way it's punctuated. Like there's the part where, when um, the Kim family meets the housekeeper's husband, and they're out in the living room. Mom. I don't know, whatever. Sorry, the the housekeeper is massaging the the right, basement yeah, dweller, yeah. and she starts like I don't know, like role playing, like she's the uh, <laughs> North Korean dictator, and he turns and I was like, oh, I missed your jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. 
But it's so natural, and that's what I mean. It's like the humor is just, it fits the character so well. It does, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's just wonderfully written. Uh, I've heard, I heard some things about, there were non-spoiler stuff about this movie, and part of it was this sort of genre-bending stuff. How did you feel about that? Did I feel like it was super genre-bending? Like, in the sense that it seems like it's, it's very divisive. Like, the initial, as you said, was very black comedy kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then the second part, it gets pretty violent pretty quickly. Um, see, that's where I say it didn't, I thought it was going to be weirder because I actually don't think it jumps around a bunch. I actually feel like it flows tonally into what it needs to be. I feel like it's just a dark comedy. See, that's I how I felt about it. But like, that's what I was saying at the beginning. It's not a horror. Like if you were to tell me like, oh, it's kind of a, a dark comedy. Then it turns into like hardcore horror or, you know, then hardcore, like political comment. It's not, it's, it's a, the, the tone was it's, almost, it's, always it's consistent yeah it's consistent yeah i didn't i didn't get that impression either but i i'd heard that was part of the impressions that's Um, how i felt yeah yeah i i i liked it um in fact because it gives the idea of like no one really particularly has plot armor in the sense that like Mm -hmm. they're they can go unscathed because well the movie's and also the movie's not violent for most of it and then it becomes violent but if but for a lot of the middle part of the movie, you're like, this is going to go bad. This is going to yeah. go... You, like, you, you're just waiting the, for the... The tone tells you it's going to go bad. Yeah. You're just waiting to see how it goes bad. Waiting for the other shoe to drop. I just love how the entire movie was shot. It's just like the attention to detail. Like They were wonderfully constructed in the sense of like the use of the space, the blocking, things being out of focus, and focusing your vision on certain things. Like I remember a shot where... Kevin was particularly close to the shot, but he was leaned over in a certain way, and then there was someone behind him within this little hole. So you can kind of see both characters talk. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was, uh, it was uh, what's her name? It was the, the rich daughter. And they were talking. Um, and at the same time, it's his reflection. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, that was a really nice shot. It's just throughout the entire movie. And the use of space, because I remember one shot where they're tracking the dad he's walking down the hall but if you think about it how could they do that i mean it's obviously all on a set i would have to imagine because when they track the dad in the tiny hallway it's just seamless this is a good movie for people to see unfortunately i understand why a lot of it probably won't a lot of people probably will forego it because it's subtitled yeah um but if you sounds interesting to you i will say that and even if subtitles aren't your thing it's a pretty well-paced punctuated movie like it's not you'll just melt into it yeah it's great the humor will keep it going pretty easily um keeps you interested thanks for listening parasites um you can (laughs) you can follow us on facebook at at character arc on instagram at character arc please like subscribe share you know subscribe on spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, or really anywhere you find podcasts you can also find us at characterarc.net um, if your podcast app of choice allows you to rate us, please rate us five stars. Please. And until either next week when we see another movie and talk about it, or when you join us for our D&D podcast, also available in all those same places, you guys have a good week. I'm Richard Burleson. And I'm Ted Hong. Have a good one, everyone. 